You are listening to Boku no Stop, where this week we pay tribute to a fallen host. Rest in peace, Fletcher, dead of editing-related crimes. I'm Fletcher. I'm Chris. <laughs> uh, and I'm Matt. And friend of the show, Garrett, actually sent me a model kit for Ideon, and it is pretty adorable. Cool. I didn't see one when I was over there in Japan, but I didn't look super hard. I just It's really hard not to just see tons of Gundam. So this is an old garage kit from the 80s, which means Ooh. they would not have it in print anymore. Oh, wow. Vintage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to find some Ghost in the Shell stuff, and like the one time I found stuff, it was super out of print and expensive, and I'm like, I'm not going to spend $100 on a Tachikoma. I really want Do to. Do they make though. like inverse fingerless gloves, where it's actually gloves for your fingers with more fingers the, on them? They're called finger cots. Like oh, wait. The, the oh, this is something finger, else. The most fingered gloves? The most... It's my new band name, Most Fingered Gloves. <laughs> I am I am not fingering a single thing of yours, Chris. Hi. <laughs> Distance. Uh, I'm finging at you from here. My heart will go on. Is, is, this, is, is this the first attempted fingering on a podcast or via podcast? Oh, God, uh, no. No, actually. Howard Stern has that beat by years. She, oh, you know what? <sighs> I should have thought of that. Even I personally have that beat by two years at least. <laughs> on a uh, podcast? You, we're, we're talking about podcast. Uh, would you like to sit on the Sibian? No, thank you. Uh, got this really nice comfy folding chair. I'm pretty I good. want to get on Mr. Stern's wild ride. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, we're so back. We are back. And we are picking up with episodes 5 through 8 of Space Runaway Ideon. It was really fun to not remember who everyone's name was until they finally said Bess's name in the last episode for this batch. They said <laughs> Bess's name in every episode. I of wasn't this paying batch. attention. I was busy. <laughs> and this is why I take the notes. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, I, I still don't remember. Wait, so wait. Bess is the green hair. Who is the yep. guy who looks Bess exactly like him with the blue hair? Bess is the captain of the. Right. He's the, the head of the military. The, of the ship, which yeah. I believe the name starts with Solo. It is yeah, the it, solo ship. It is the solo okay. ship. Because they found it on planet Solo. <sighs> they, they pilot the solo away from planet Incel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. There's there's definitely some planet Incel vibes off the Buff Clan this episode. Oh, and not, they not call to their mention... planet Buff Earth. <laughs> I know. It's so good. <laughs> I know. It's. Uh, I just can't look. Can't take this seriously. I can't take the Buff Clan seriously. Buff X is never not going to be funny. There's a reason that I capitalize everything that comes after Buff in these notes. Uh huh. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, oh no, my notes are spread across two computers and notepad files. Hooray! Please How am I more in the cloud than you right now? Uh, reasons. Ah, you're going off the grid. Well, I promise I will disavow you when I see your face on the manhunt warning. Hell yeah. I can't make such promises. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. Yeah. Wow, rude. Rude. <laughs> also, I had to try really hard to not write Kasha. Kasha is extremely bitchy, so instead of writing it, I just set it into a microphone. <laughs> 
just as good. To be fair, I was thinking it quite a lot these episodes because holy shit, she's genocide crazy. Also, fucking settle down, Cheryl. Why are you so rude? Yeah, this this stretch of the show is not very friendly to its uh, female characters at all. Well, <laughs> it's not good. Matt, it's not great when all their cycles sync up. Uh, hey, hey, good news. Next episode, we get the first female villain of the show. I mean, yeah, I guess if you don't count, uh, what, Kerala? Kerala? Kerala's not a villain. It's really weird that Margaret Thatcher's in this anime. Yeah, she's not really. Margaret Thatcher's in this anime a decade before she took power. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Yes, I'm absolutely vamping to give him time to get his notes in order before I start fucking about. That's fine. They're totally unlabeled. Uh... As always. Oh no, I put E7 in here and that's the only label so I know what episode 7 notes start. Oh okay. good. <laughs> that's useful. Okay. In like oh, an I hour and a half word, from now. I word rap on. Okay, word rap. Okay. Word did you, rap. Did you take Wordy your notes call. in Excel? No, in Notepad. Oh, okay. Uh, to be fair, I use Notepad double plus so I can't give him shit. That's the same thing as Notepad, just fucking with bad. features. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Oh yeah. Doubt it. Doubt it. Uh huh. Next, you're gonna tell me about fucking how you stand for WordPad. No, I I'm not. I'm gonna say Notepad double plus. Can we start this podcast, Fletcher? <laughs> please. We were waiting for you, Chris. Oh, okay. What a mistake. Yeah, I was. I was making. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bulldozer over his house next time. When we last left our cast, they had launched the Solo ship, an undertaking so insane that it leveled a mass of the planet they were on and flung it into hyperspace. Mm-hmm. Hyperspace, which we're going to be seeing a lot in these episodes, looks a lot like flower sperm, by the by. I thought oh, it, but yes. I wasn't going to be the one to say it. <laughs> uh, you can also tell the age of the show because it still thinks it has to explain hyperspace to a casual viewer, whereas yeah. these days... They call it hyperspace, even though it's called a DS drive. Like, we all don't know that stands for deep space. Yeah. Also, I want to fucking rip this fucking deep Blu-ray to my computer, just upload a YouTube video of it taking off into hyperdrive, it just blasting, uh, skeet, skeet, skeet. <laughs> um, you haven't hit the skeet, skeet, skeet part of the show yet. Wait, there's a what now? You do get to watch a little boy pee. I mean, that should get cut out of this podcast. Uh, no, that's actually in the notes, too. By the way, I remember last time we recorded, I was being told that Piper Lou was a girl, and I was confused, and now it's definitely a boy, at least according to the uh, subtitles. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. Also, uh, yeah, there there is definitely going to be people fucking on this show. Oh, hooray. Tomino! Is it, is, is it, is it going to be like the uh, Ideon when it docks and just docking, undocking, docking, undocking? No, but now you've reminded me of that terrible comedy trailer that someone showed me yesterday, so thanks. Fans of docking <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, Fletch, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, that's all right. Uh, back on the buff ship. Gijay and Damido are told to prep immediately for a hyperspace battle, which 
goes nowhere because the solo ship's hyperspace drive breaks immediately and lands it on the empty remains of the colony. Well, Specifically in the middle of an oil refinery. Does it break or they shut it off? I thought they shut it off intentionally. No, it... Or it was, like, failing, yeah. They just straight up go, where are we? Oh. Yeah, that's something I didn't understand, was that, like, they go into hyperspace for, like, a hot minute, and then they come out of hyperspace exactly where they started. On the other side of the planet. You you think that if you're going in hyperspace for, like, a few minutes, you would be way farther than the other side of a planet. Also, you would have crashed into the planet, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. That was confusing. So, I hate to say this, but in what is probably the only good moment of Kasha's in this block of episodes, she is determined to figure out how to pilot her chunk of the Ideon like a pro. Because, uh-huh. you know, you never know when the enemy's going to come back. We've got a little bit of peace now. And Cosmo is determined to suck ass because he tosses off another. What a girl thing to say. Yeah, Cosmo is continuing to be the worst in Cosmo this stretch of episodes. Sucks. He's so bad. Like At one point, he even like says, well, hey, you're acting a lot like a boy, which is good because your tits suck. Yeah. And it's like, actually, why? actually, that's a tag team insult where Bess says, it seems like you wish you were a boy. And then Cosmo goes, and your tits aren't real. <laughs> They're flat. Yeah. yeah. For what it's worth, Bess is not quite dunking on her. It's yeah, except just... Bess turns into a fucking, like, mall ninja later and is suddenly an extreme samurai weeb. Yeah. To be fair, if you did not get that vibe off of Bess up to this point, I don't know what to tell you. That's why he likes to dunk on Kasha. While Cosmo was busy having premarital sex, he was busy studying the blade. But also, he's, like, major horny for Kerala. So, <laughs> like, yeah, hey. that's, a, that's, a, that's a plot point, is that people are like, yo, you really want to hit that, don't you? We don't hey, trust remember you that thing I said about people fucking on this show? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Yeah, you've got all the pieces of the Give me those glass-eyed alien women with no pupils way into it. Anyhow, uh, Wait, I Wait, Chris, also... those, are called real, those are called real dolls, Chris? Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, you could order yourself a Buff Clan real doll. They would customize it to those specs. Oh, uh-huh. does it come with, like, protein powder and whatever? I mean, if you want. Uh, uh, he's just filling it full oh, of no. uh, soil. Uh, oh, it's, <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> that they that they misunderstand misunderstand your order. Do you get a really muscular real doll in a clan robe? Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, we have an episode title now. <laughs> Bluff, what buff what clan real doll? KK was buff muscular yeah, it, real doll in a clan robe. Yeah, that sounds like no, one of our episodes. It's it's a buff clan real doll in clan with a K. <laughs> yeah, that's much that's much punchier. Let's go with that. <laughs> Uh, we are. Th- th- this is completely going off the rails already. It's great. Uh, if I can get. To well, good con- news that like fucking nothing happens in this episode. Not really. Yeah, episode five is kind of filling. I'm gonna be honest. I, could, I, I wanted us in- to get through five through eight because nine is where the series actually puts the fucking space runaway in its name. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this? I can do this fucking episode five in three minutes. You know what? Go for it. Minus the part it. where I have a bunch of pronouns because I didn't remember any of these characters' names. Uh, uh-huh. Who's the <laughs> guy with Gijay? Because it says they meet, as in the protein, with up, up with Kerala, which is also incorrect. 
Well, there, there, there's Domino, which is like his rival. No, Domino's and... the shit guy. Yeah, and then there's the green-haired guy. Yeah, okay, who's the old oh, guy? Oh, wait, the old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget his I, name, too. I entirely forget the old guy's right. name. He's not going to last long. He's not important. So the Buff Clan launch a distraction attack on the Ideon while it's still undergoing repairs to its uh, leg balancer, where mm-hmm. uh, DJ and his uh, bottom boy attempt to uh, infiltrate and rescue What's-Her-Name, which turns out to be Carlala. Uh, so they meet up with Carlala and they begin chatting, but they are discovered and a shootout occurs. Uh, Bottom Boy escapes into the woods. Carlala is uh, outed as an alien and questioned, and then Maya just runs up and shoves some fucking old guy to the ground and uh, tries to interrupt the interrogation. Uh, DJ creates a distraction by firing a grenade off to the side, and they all sprint off towards the Ideon running inside, and DJ attempts to make it stand, but it won't move, and they are captured yet again. Uh, the running theme of this episode is how bad people are at, like, just being guards. The second literally anything happens, they all just run away. Like, four times! And there's really only, like, one person left, like, hey, you watch them. And then that person just gets like, oh, hey, look over there, and we get punched in the face, and then they run away. It's really, yeah. there's a lot of, like, never leave a guard by himself, like, leave at least so, two. The next thing that happens is they're having, like, a uh, an AA meeting in the woods. They're just all in a circle of folding chairs. Uh, and that's when we get the backstory of the E-Day. Uh, a queen was captured by a monster. Her oh, no, 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 no. I'm taking this one because I'm very proud of how I wrote this in the notes. Go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Go for it, whatever. Fuck off. So, years ago on Planet Buff, the Dragon Lord stole Princess Gwaylin and it cursed the land to decay. A Boris Vallejo painting showed up to conquer the villain but failed, and his single Native American tear summoned his guardian spirit, Pac-Man. By Frenching the Yellow Melon, he was granted residual power pellet energy like this was a co-op Kirby game, and the guy wrestles the dragon to death barehanded. Keep in mind, he showed up with weapons. Anyway, this is the power of Ide, which is an infinite energy. Which, the, 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 I don't, the infinite energy thing just kind of feels like they don't explain that part they just say Matt, oh and, and they that do exists. explain it the infinite no, energy is love oh that's right they do say <laughs> it they... yeah, yeah but anyway they... uh hey i'm trying yeah, we'll to talk there. matt why are you so fucking rude <laughs> so immediately uh... after all this bullshit about pac-man if the inside of his mouth looked like a vagina uh the humans then just deck dj in the face for slaughtering them over a fucking ye olde bronze age fairy tale uh the buff fleet then launches an attack on the area, uh, the guards run off, and the uh, buff clan escapes again. Cosmo uh, deploys the Ideon, but the gauge won't light up, but that turns out not to fucking matter at all, because he just fucking palms a fighter destroying it, uh-huh. and karate chops another one. That, so, that's one of the weird things about this show, is that so much of the, like, okay, not a lot, because there's a I ton of missiles now. I am almost done with this episode. Can you please be respectful? I'm just saying, like, uh, having a big robot punch ships is just weird, especially at this stage, because, like, just stay the fuck away from it. You have guns. You have missiles. Uh, anyway, so Carlala Ugh. says they need to work with the humans and not fight them. A uh, burning tower, looks like a cell phone tower, begins to fall on them, and the idiot catches it. And Carlala uses a signal to transmit to the fighters that there is to be an unconditional ceasefire. And that's the end of the episode. Literally nothing happened. There's a whole lot of these, like, stretch of episodes of, like, let's do a plan. All right, we'll do an attack. And then the attack doesn't work. And then, like, hey, we'll try something else. It's like, there's a whole lot of, like, trying to scheme and, like, 
outthink each other and it just turns into a lot of this is wasting a lot of time oh wait until we get to my notes on the opening of episode seven uh-huh okay well we're here now let's do it okay. we're in episode six we're in episode six what also uh there's a couple of things that i want to point out that you missed in oh. your notes so the only thing i labeled is incorrect and this is actually episode six notes now got it uh-huh my god uh <laughs> The line of the episode is absolutely best asking, so where is this so-called buff earth you speak of? Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. You fucking right across the street from the Planet Fitness. Yo. Yeah. And I, I don't know uh, if uh, Le- uh, Kerala says this here or later, but she's basically trying to, like, get the two groups to talk to each other and not fight. And yes. And fails repeatedly to make that work. <laughs> um... We discover that the reason that they were calling the Solo Ship and the Idion Tech from the Sixth Civilization is that until humanity makes contact with the race, they just refer to them by a number. So, mm-hmm. uh, Gijay goes, so are we the Seventh Civilization? And they're like, no, you're the, you're the Buff Clan. You've named yourself. There you go. Um, there's also the point where uh, I do like Gijay's line, alien bastards, even your children beg for a fight when Cosmo and Kasha are like, fucking murder this guy. Oh, yeah. Kasha's full on like blood feud right now. Kasha. OK, so let's just get this out of the way now. Mm-hmm. In this set of episodes, Kasha is genocidal. Yeah. And Cosmo will actually point out, you guys killed my dad. But he's only angry at that when he's in a fucking knife fight with Gijay. Yeah, he he's really like hot and cold when it comes to what he actually cares about. <laughs> and yeah. like Kasha is just full on like and, and like she's trying to learn how to, you know, fly the ship. She she, you know, in a later scene, she like is being told to pull back and she's like, no, I got to fucking murder these guys. Look, we're already out here. Like she's she's surprisingly like this is kind of like a character arc thing that like a lot of typically like the young male character goes through and he has to get talked down. Like, it's interesting that it's, you know, it's a, you know, young female character doing this, but then she's always wrong. (laughs) And then everyone just like, like, you know, really like talks down to her or like insults her in the process. And so it's just not, it's not good. Uh, and in fact, that's how we're going to start episode six, White Flag of Betrayal. Like I said, Kasha is the only one trying to get better at her job, so she's she's taking the downtime to try and push her chunk of the craft to its limits. She does really well, and then everyone on the ship starts going, yo, watch the girl land! And she, like, gets a 99%, in my opinion. The yeah. only thing that goes wrong is that the Idiobuster doesn't control, like, human tech, so she, like, bumps something. Well, I, I thought it was, like, her co-pilot, like... Because she turns to a co-pilot and, like, what the hell happened there? And he's like, I don't know, it doesn't control, like, a normal ship. We've still got to get used to it. So it seemed like he was the one who, like, hit the wrong, like, direction on the stick and bumped the other ship. No, this is what happens. She goes, all right, shutting off engines. She pulls the thing back. And then suddenly it decides oh, to go full forward. power. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really cause any damage, right? No. Like, it's not a big deal. But everyone would be like, yo, she sucks at this. I'm like, come on. Also, the uh, animation is a little weird in this one because the solo ship starts changing color during some of the shots in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kasha is the only person 
pushing against the ceasefire, by the way. You know, she's going, we, we've repaired the Ideon. We can absolutely kill them all. And uh, this is where Bess makes the, it's almost like you wish you were born a boy, etc. Yep. I want to give you the stupidest line of this episode block. Mm-hmm. Cosmo fucking Yuki says the words, insensitive louts like Cheryl or Kasha probably wouldn't notice, but I'm a little more perceptive when claiming that no one on the ship notices Bess wants to get on with Kerala. Which, he's wrong. And also, like, why did you have to go insult other people in front of you by saying that? Also, uh, just because this whole thing made me filthy when I put it in the notes, Kasha's response is basically to call Bess a filthy miscogenator. I hate that I knew how to spell that, and I hate that Google has it in its spell check database. Uh the times we live in. Yup. So, uh, we are reminded once again that all the orphans running around on the ship have dead parents. Uh, yep. Thousands is a number of dead humans that has been thrown around already. Uh, remember, everyone who isn't on the solo ship right now is a crisp on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reuse the crying child cells twice in the space of a minute because... This is an episode that needs to get us to the midpoint, wherein Cosmo has a very good idea that he should have run by literally anyone else before doing it. Yeah, yeah what it, the fuck, my guy? Yeah, this is this is another point of, like, Cosmo being a dick, because if he had just asked, hey, why don't we do this? And it just turns out that he did the absolute worst thing you could do. <laughs> like, fucking settle down, Cortez. I get... I actually think this is good writing that you would have some cultural differences like this. It's just extremely dumb that it means literally the opposite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It absolutely sucks for our kid. I think it's good writing that he thought of this concept, right. even though it makes this episode suck. Yeah. And, and yeah, literally asking anybody else, hey, can we just check to make sure like they're already having communication problems like they can't talk via radio. And so like, oh, yeah. we'll put up a flag and they just put up. The worst flag. Do you know this episode made me think of Fletcher? Hit me. Uh, do you hate yourself enough to have checked out Gladwell's most recent book? No, but only because I'm behind on reading. In which he claims that the conquistadors only did a fucking genocide because he, he, Cortez, and Montezuma had bad translators. That's, uh... Wow. What the... The spiciest take of all time. That's what this episode made me think of. Yeah, I don't... I don't think that's, If only the Mayans had a Carlala. Ooh. God. Yeah, I don't... I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Actually, I do know about that. That's a terrible take. You can you can tell Michael Gladwell because everything you every quote you read of him could be unironically followed up with really makes you think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say the caption Ben Shapiro twenty nineteen, but <laughs> Jesus. Uh... Anyhow, yeah. So uh, just to lay out the thing that we didn't quite get on the record for people who may not have seen this, uh, because they cannot communicate with the Buff Clan via radios, their tech is a little weirdly distinct from each other cosmo has the idea we'll raise the white flag that'll get across that we want peace and surrender and then the scouts for the buff clan see this and go they've decided to kill us to the last man because the white flag is challenge yeah yeah 
Not great. Now, our heroes do eventually replace the flag with the correct one, but at this point, Commander Damido, who thinks that uh, Kerala is more expendable and this can all be put on Gijay's head if shit goes wrong, goes, ah, fuck him. And Kasha also decides, you know what would be a great plan while we want peace? I'm going to lift off in a jet and start cracking skulls. Yeah, there's, and she shoots first, too. Like, yes. It's definitely one of those situations where there's there's miscommunication, but also people are intentionally doing the wrong thing. <laughs> or, like, the opposite of what they should be trying to do, and it's really frustrating. Also, this is where my favorite buff clan ship in the show is introduced. The Dog Mac-type heavy mobile mech. The Dog Mac. That's a, mm-hmm. No, that's... That's that's in the next one, isn't it? The, no, they the dog, they the mention it here. The weird, uh, yeah, yeah. Two Gs. I cannot believe that. I wrote it down in all of caps. So excited. Yes. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I would have been more excited for you know the Mac Dog, but you know, I'll take it. Yeah, it doesn't come out, but this is where they start mentioning the Dog Mac. It's yeah, the, it's the Craig Mac and Big Dog. Nice. Anyway, Kasha, because ladies, am I right, goes into a panic attack out of nowhere, so they all have to transform into the giant to keep her from crashing into the ground. Women do be like that sometimes. However, Damido also be like that sometimes, and he continues the trend of... (laughs) I did not expect that joke to get that response. I think I killed Chris. Finally! <laughs> God damn, Matt. Just Obama comes out. We got him. He's been playing the log cod all along. Oh, uh, uh, we got him. Anyway, um, <laughs> our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> Rip Pitch Drock Network. <laughs> all right. Uh,. Damido continues the trend of the buff commanders getting smarter every time incrementally because he goes, weapons don't harm this thing. How about we just tow cable the fucker and electrocute it? And it does a pretty good amount of damage. Yep. I mean, it doesn't help that like you like it then like lands on the ground and like swings it, swings the ships like into the trees and kills a couple of them that way. Yeah, Uh, I do like the thought that hey, uh, we have to get out of this quickly, fire all the missiles just because the charge going through the thing may blow them up with us in it. Yeah, there are so many missiles in this thing now. Like, so many missiles. That's okay, wait till you find the worst missile placement, which is on the fucking side of your, outside of its leg. Oh yeah, no, I, I love that bit because it like <laughs> just like pivots its like leg slightly and just shoots out of its calf. I don't know if this is the good the, the episode or not, but there's like a really good shot of like this uh like crevice in the ankle of the Edion, and as it goes to step, you see like the weird foot knife go up into it a little bit. Like there's like yeah. space and thought given to that that I like. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I don't, I don't know why it has a. I mean, like it doesn't. It's also, not long enough why to be used as a weapon. Why does it have fucking GD shoes if the curl part was a knife? Mm. I have no idea. Blame the sixth civilization, man. Ah, uh, anyhow, the... Oh, also, I suppose I may as well just spoil this now. One of the Ideon's most powerful attacks is a move that is simply known as All Missiles. Nice. Yeah. Alpha Strike. Fuck me up, fam. I, I feel like you will enjoy that scene when it comes up. They will do it once and never again. I mean, because then you're out of missiles. 
can't really. Yeah, it is do all it missiles. You're right. Literally all missiles. <laughs> Every Check missile rate. in the universe gets fired out of the Aeon. Ah, uh, anyway, uh, Gijay hops up onto Damido's ship and goes, what, what the fuck are you doing? Damido just uses the excuse of, oh, didn't hear about the surrender flag. Guess we'll go home. Mm-hmm. And, and I love uh, how, like, he's sitting on top of the ship in his little, like, um, like, walker thing. So and, and then it just goes up into space. <laughs> yeah. Like, wouldn't that kill him? No. He's got a helmet, dude. Yeah, but you're going through the atmosphere. You would burn up if you're, like, exposed. No, you just <laughs> crouch down. Uh-huh. And uh, aboard the Solo ship, the uh, soldiers and civilians want to uh, kill the buff aliens. But uh, Best steps in, pointing out that they need information to fight the buff clan, and he's trying to get it wet right now. Uh, Carlala agrees because she wants to bring an end to the fighting as soon as possible. And, uh, and there's there's also a bunch of... Uh, Oh, I think this is the next episode now. Okay. Uh, it is also in this scene, uh, Amaro Ray from Gundam is just one of the extras, just fucking standing around with scoliosis. Yeah. It's a weird flex. Weird. Episode 7, Escape into Hyperspace. I'm just gonna steal directly from my notes the opening five minutes of this episode are like watching a sketch comedy troupe fall in front of your eyes as every character no fuck use each prompt for the plot in order domido decides he's going to get the five best pilots they have and make a commando raid but then some schmuck goes but abadede and gijay are working on a peace plan he goes ah fucking hippies we cut back to the human ship Uh, They want us to send over three people per side to a negotiation, and all they're asking is that they can leave with Karala, who is the daughter of their military high commander. Uh, Cosmo says, fuck them. Kasha says, we can still kill them all. Bess is going, you're all monsters. A rando on the bridge goes, we have a hyperspace drive. If things go wrong, we can get out. So Bess is like, you're right. We shouldn't negotiate and instead just leap to a random part of the galaxy. No, I don't know what a Star Trek Voyager is. What's that? Cheryl Mm. proceeds to go, hey, you're right. We should leap to a human military base. And then when they follow us, blammo. Bess is like, no, we're not starting a fucking war. We're not showing them where more humans are. Cheryl is like, fuck you. I'm already on the radio. And Bess's response is, ha, you don't know how to work a radio, so this won't do anything. And then we cut back to Damido and Abadede, who just go, let me go kill them. This is boring. And Abadede is like, all right. And so none of that matters. Everyone just no fuck yous out of everything that happens. And yeah, it's kind of hard to follow. (laughs) None of it matters. Yeah, because none of it. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's interesting that Cheryl has become like, a little bit more bloodthirsty than before because she was just a scientist when she yeah. started this like and now she's just kind of she's she's kind of like the hard ass of the group now like Bess is now the one who's like oh hey maybe we just shouldn't murder them all when like at the beginning Bess is like I'm a soldier what I do is murder things we should murder them all Cheryl is kind of turning into Ilsa she-wolf of the SS Ooh. I thought we like, were done with Nazis in anime on this show my dude, this is a Tomino show. You will never be free of Nazis in space. Aww. 
Also, speaking of other Gundam Easter eggs, there's a Haro bouncing around in the children's toys. Okay, I'll take your word for that. I don't, I don't know what that there's is. A, there's a photo in the... Yeah, I see it. I just don't know what it is. Uh, the little green thing is a tiny yeah. robot assistant who from the Gundam oh, series. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Kerala realizes as the ship is getting fucking rocked. It's like, yeah, if Gijay talked to anyone, my life is forfeit. My father would absolutely prefer that I die rather than be a hostage against him. So Mayaya, hearing this and being very devoted to her lady, decides, I should fake an illness, get a guard in here, and try a suicide mission to break Kerala out of the ship. The only problem is, Kerala really meant it about peace, and the shock of hearing this gets Mayaya fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah, I... like, this makes no sense. Like, Mayaya's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna die now, and everyone just goes, you didn't have to do that. Like, she actually kills the first guard, too. Like, it's not Yeah, like, she, well, she yeah. straight up murders the guy and takes his weapon and then starts firing into the hallway, going, get out of here, my lady, like, I'll, maybe, I'll maybe, save you. Maybe you should have confirmed that she wanted to leave, which she just said she didn't, before you go on a murder spree. It's fine, my eye kind of sucks anyway. That's true. A but, lot. But uh, they, like, try to, like, build it as, like, a big loss that this character is dead now, when it's like, it was her own damn fault for not being smart about it. So, yeah, Kerala's response is, I wanted you to be by my side always as she expires in her arms. Yeah. There's, um, when the buff coin's attacking the ship, there's a, uh, a bunch of shots I like. Like, all the stuff rolls off the table and the glass shatters and the kid dropped the egg. Like, um, I like, I like that because it shows the impact of the military conflict on the civilians in the ship, which is something that Gundam literally never does. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely did in the original series. No, it's just a bunch of old people saying we want to leave, but not showing how their life is like getting fucked up by being constantly under attack. That's that's a huge part is the fact that over half of this ship is a non-military, and so like before they get to somewhere they can drop off civilians, white base is nearly in a mutiny. Well, yeah, and what I'm saying is they do a lot of television. That's that's fair, yes. They don't go as far with it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Kasha begins to get bloodthirsty again in the middle of trying to defend the ship, but luckily for her, before she can get absolutely ganked, because basically every buff pilot is like, this one keeps going out on loan, just like target its engines and fire. Uh, the solo ship activates the DS drive, and it sucks in our pilot safely while destroying any buff craft nearby. It's worth noting that the solo ship does it, not anyone there. The ship just does some plot magic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Gijay and Abadede decide they're going to try a risky move. Gijay is going to be granted the use of the Girando Heavy Mobile Mech to battle the Ideon, while Abadede will sneak aboard the ship and rescue Kerala, all before the craft can leave hyperspace. It kinda doesn't matter that this is taking place in hyperspace, but it sure looks psychedelic as fuck. Yeah, and there's, like, the whole, oh, you need to stay within, like, the hyperspace stream or else you're going to be lost forever in some random part of space. And that's a thing and that happens know. almost once, and then they never mention it again. It never becomes a thing again. <laughs> yeah, it's... The fact that it doesn't really come up basically means hyperspace is just there to have a cool background for this fight. Yeah, and it, and it looks kind of cool, but it's also very disorienting. <laughs> Speaking of Cheryl being kind of Nazi-esque, 
let's talk about the fact that she shoves Kerala into a device designed to make you ramble off every thought in your subconscious for yeah. Intel. Why? They, they have these? Like, what the hell? This is exactly a plot point in a Shin Megami Tensei game where everyone at an Antarctic hell world has to go, why do we have brainwashing devices on this ship? <laughs> why do we have to brainwash people? Hmm. Yeah, why is there a stock of these? Who put this in the manifest? It's like, uh, no comment, says the science team. Yeah, yeah, now you mention it, this does really have Nazi science energy. Yeah. Like... Yikes. Uh, another Easter egg, the buff territory contains the Gundam Nebula. Cool. They're they're really leaning in on those this early in the show. I mean, it, and it's just, it's not literally the same universe. It's just they're having fun with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's, well, other than a couple of reused models, yeah, there's no explicit connection other than a bunch of these Easter eggs. Yeah, it's really weird that the Scud suit came back. <laughs> uh, there will actually be a Zaku by the end of the show. Keep your eye out. Well, oh, ah, uh, uh, I got it. No, nobody else. No, no. no. Okay, sorry. He said I, not eyes. Fuck off. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Took me a second. Look, I'm gonna go look at that. I'm gonna go look at that cursed image of the Zaku with two eyes on it again. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, it took me a second to realize what was wrong with that picture that I that I figured it out. Went, oh yeah. So also during this scene, everyone who is not named Bess loses all respect for Kerala because she goes, "Oh, the ite, the infinite power is love." Because what else could infinite power be? And everyone else just walks out of the room laughing like, "This bitch doesn't know science." This fucking bitch hasn't even heard of friendship. Please. Yeah. Uh, the buff pursue our cast into hyperspace. There's some fighting of no real consequence. They, they run so fast, all that cardio. <laughs> and then the humans just go, what if we hit the brakes and drop into real space wherever? And it's like, oh. Well, Seems shit, like we a good that. idea. <laughs> and that puts us at... Episode 8, Duel in the Sandstorm, which is yep. some Gundam-ass shit in the best and worst ways. That spooky-ass space music that plays when they come out of hyperspace is very good. I really, I need to get some copy of the music for this so I can start splicing it in. This is really good soundtrack. Like, there, there's a lot of fun, like, I, I'm really into it when it's, like, an electric guitar, with usually with, like, heavy flanger or phaser on, like, doing slide and stuff. It's... It's a lot of fun. Ah, uh, so let's talk about this episode would be filler if it wasn't for two scenes in the end. The dinosaurs, got it. <laughs> yeah. And the baby urinating. Uh, this episode is basically the disowned episode of Mobile Suit Gundam, Dones Beach, down to it taking place in a weird bottle location that never comes up again, and kids getting involved in a stupid fashion to kill time. Tomino goes, I will make the Americans watch this. <laughs> so the buff have decided, after wave and wave of failures, to call for more reinforcements while they try to track down the solo ship. The person who is coming to their aid is Harulu, Karala's older sister, who, you won't know this yet, 
fucking hates her sibling. Mm-hmm. Also, DJ. I can't believe you have to pay to watch ads on Hulu. That shit is bullshit. Uh, Gijay realizes that if he doesn't do anything to restore his honor before Harulu arrives, he might be fucking murdered. So he asks the commander if he can head out solo to challenge the humans to a duel. is like, I like your pluck. You can borrow my dog mech heavy mobile mech. And like, it should be said that like, Gijay and Kerala are supposed to be married, right? Like they're... No, he's courting her. They are not in any way connected officially. Yeah, because... Well, there's uh, what... now... An- he can slide right into that opening left by my area. Phrasing. Look, uh, wi- women are really vulnerable when they're grieving that. I. Hmm. Uh, mm. uh, so also, like, Abadede says, like, oh, yeah, she's not really a good fit for you anyway. <laughs> At one point. Uh, yes, specifically, the comment is if you were to connect with her, you would forever be in her shadow. That yeah. shit too tight is what he's trying to say. But yeah, there's there's a lot of buff clan politics we're kind of glossing over, and that's because I'm aware that most of this stuff is not going to matter in an episode's time. I didn't get prepared enough to even fucking write it down. Yeah, it's just a lot of, like, it's trying to create a little extra drama, and it's, I mean, obviously a lot of these plots and subplots are, like, wheel-spinning anyway. Next episode is where the show kind of officially starts. You have your first major antagonist. You have them actually space runawaying, and things get in gear. What if I told you the show starts faster than the original Gundam, which doesn't start till like episode fifteen? Um, I would be uh, less likely to watch it. Probably watch the movies. Okay. That's it. It's it's so much easier that way. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've thought about it, but, like... Mm. What are you gonna do while you're knitting? <laughs> uh, like, like, for real, that's what I did last night, was get drunk, knit, and watch Gundam? My dude, Aww. if you knew some of the things I did while taking notes for our shows, you would not in any way call yourself out for knitting. Anyhow, we see a baby's ass, and it pisses. Well, before that, the only, one of the only important things in this episode happens, and we find out that's just, oh, we just found a fourth piece of the idiot on the ship, but it's broken for now and needs repaired. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that just because until they actually do anything with it, it's kind of nothing. Oh well, yeah, it's just, hey, heads up, we're going to do this in like ten episodes. Yeah, there there are other pieces of tech on the solo ship, which, because they're so undercrewed, they still don't have explored very well. I'm way into how it's big enough that they need, like, hover golf carts to get around. But it's weird that they have hover golf carts, like, on rails in this ship anyway. They're it's not such on a weird rails. thing. Some of them, yeah, sometimes they are. they are. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. yeah What's that's the point of that? I know. <laughs> Why even. Oh! It's literally yeah, just not... from A to B. Why are there faster. even rails? There, there, there are uh, rails okay, and no. there are elevators for these things. No. No, I'm so, really mad about the it. thing is, the golf and carts only same. take you to the three pieces of the Ideon. That's why they're on rails. I do love that one's just a fucking truck. It's so good. It's and so it good. flies. It's a truck that flies. It's a and flying it, firefighter it, truck. Like, and it, yeah. yeah, and it just doesn't, it doesn't even have wings at that point. <laughs> or at any point. So, way, way into how the Ideon just has a dick gun. Yep. <laughs> you have not begun to see the absurdity the Ideon has packed into its frame. 
Anyway, so some kids run away after Cosmo tells them to fuck off, and they decide to go into the woods on an alien planet full of dinosaurs. Like, seems bad. Like, three people tell them to fuck off. Like, it's not just uh-huh. Cosmo. It's like Cosmo and um, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl and probably Bess, too, is like, yo, just get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Uh, Bess actually does. It's just Cosmo and Cheryl. Okay. okay. But this scene is a just complete cavalcade of everyone being a dick, because Cosmo's like, the kids probably left because you're hysterical, Cheryl. And Kasha shits on the woman who is doing literally every non-military task on the ship, Lada. And is like, well, why the fuck didn't you watch these kids? And she's like, because I'm also farming and keeping track of supplies and cleaning up. Literally every non-military task is on Lada. Yeah, and this is the point where I realized Lada and Cheryl are siblings. I didn't catch that before. I don't know if it was mentioned before. Uh, one episode prior where Lada is mentioned as the younger sister. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're related. I don't and know. They're if that's literally yin and yang in terms of like personality. Mm-hmm. And Bess is like, eh, well, we need to do a test flight anyway. I'll go too. Cheryl does have a very good point that maybe don't leave our ship undefended. Funny how, no how that works out. Because she was too busy being such a bitch earlier. Yep. So then they fly away, and then they shoot a dinosaur in the neck with a fucking fighter jet. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty is, sick. Yeah, this, this is Planet <laughs> of the Dinosaurs, if we didn't say that earlier. We didn't. Uh, the kids watch two incredibly poorly animated dinosaurs fight in the Toku Quarry for a minute. Yeah, there's a baby. Yep. Uh, so Cosmo shows up in time and then notices, wait, there's a buff clan mecha over there. It is Gijay. And the samurai decides that he is going to duel the pilot for his honor. But by the way, did we we when when does the falcon like catch the uh, like the other bird in midair? Does that happen right before the duel or like it uh, that's the start of the episode. Oh, it's a very start. Yeah. Anyway, it's I, I saw that. And I'm like, man, they actually had to go out of their way to do that. That was, pro, uh, you know, that was intentional thematically. And it's true. <laughs> yep. So the the two start getting out of their mecha. And the instant that GJ sees that Cosmo is just a child, he's like, fighting you would absolutely do nothing for our honor. And Cosmo's response to this is to pull a knife on him and start swinging. And he gets so this, totally owned. This is basically a Murrow versus Ramba Rawl round two. Uh, it's just an episode of warmed over Gundam leftovers. But it's a philosophical battle. Gigi just goes, look, we are losing way more people than you are. Give us Kerala, give us the giant, and we'll fuck off. Tell your commander. We can make this work. But then he offers more extreme terms to Bess later. It's because does. fighting Bess would actually give him some honor, which is why he puts some shit on the line. No, but like his terms are still like, oh, yeah. And if you lose, not only do you leave, but you leave the robot and Kerala. And it's like, that's those are pretty strong terms. To be fair, he does say, hey, either way, can I at least get Kerala back? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, even lose. if I lose, can, I, can we get Kerala back? It's like, no, you don't get the No. Yeah, Gijay is half going in on the peace thing that his lady wants, but half, like, but honor. Mm-hmm. 
and the dull immediate the duel immediately becomes null because Damido is a complete piece of shit. And when he sees all the Ideon pilots, goes, "All right, everybody who is watching this duel per orders from the commander, let's go attack the ship." And then EJ just bails because no one is watching, just completely disrespecting his bottom boy. No, Gijay keeps to his word, gets in his mech, and goes, Duel me, cowards! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then everyone however, makes, like, Kasha's like, why can't we just murder him now? And well, everybody no, goes would, like, oh, that would have been, that'd be dishonorable. What I'm saying is that's his excuse for saying that when he loses the sword fight, when uh, Domino flies off and is distracted, he just says, doesn't right, because right. no one is watching anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah. For what it's worth, the actual Dogmax slash Eon fight is real good. That's yeah, I'm good, way yeah. into how it is extremely War of the Worlds. Yeah, this thing is basically a tripod with multiple uh, guns and or tentacles. It starts, it, like, using one of the mobile tentacles as a defense against the missiles, just whipping them out of midair. At one yeah, point. and it, it looks like a tentacruel. Kinda. I don't know what that is. It's a Pokemon. Don't ruin this for me. It's a Pokemon. It's don't an octopus Pokemon. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Fletcher. He was yeah. a tentacool, but then he got more tentacles and became cruel, so now he's a tentacool. Yeah. That, that's... He's a cruel tentacle. Yep. Anyway. So he's the green tentacle. Okay. Yeah. yeah also, Pokemon like, they had also... Just, just like one of your Japanese animes. We forgot to mention that the buff clan had the kids and were, like, squeezing them with the mech. <laughs> it, didn't really, it didn't Fuck really come to anything. Yeah, it didn't really end up doing much. The instant Damido flies off... uh gj's uh second just goes here have the kids and i i, I do love though that like gj's like oh he's not a samurai he's you know he's uh beneath my station therefore he doesn't care about honor <laughs> to be fair the old guy is explicitly only on this mission in hopes of a glorious death so his family gets a nicer payout yeah it's true uh, Kasha, again, gets in one final asshole move for this block when, while being very aware the solo ship is under attack, goes, we should stick around and murder this man who is fleeing on foot. Yeah, we should stomp on him. Yeah, she's, she tries to take the controls and the others have to fight her. It's very disappointing I had to put my dick away when they don't let her stomp on him. Oh, uh, giant robot! Jeez. <laughs> You know, anyway. and the thing is, like, also, GJ is personally <laughs> Sorry, responsible it's... for multiple murders already. And, like, because every time he's trying to get in the ship, he's at least capped, like, two people. When you when you get stomped on by a giant robot at CBT, complete body torture. <laughs> that is a definite candidate for the episode title. I Yikes. think we're going to go with that just because I think it's less likely to get us flagged by iTunes. <laughs> I don't True. know if they would be offended by clan with a K, but I'm not testing it. I mean, you could probably just do it with a C just to get away with it. No, it's fine. Yeah, I let's let's go with CBT. Do you know the basics of complete body torture, Snake? <laughs> Crushing body torture. That's a, oof, that, that's a very ocelot thing to do, actually. <laughs> yes. Especially being kind of into it. The, yeah, when you're getting tortured, it's actually just mash square to not come. <laughs> that does actually sum up why if you don't nut, you get to be with the Meryl at the end. Hell yeah. You had, oh you no, had preserve, wait, wait, wait. Is you had that, to preserve your innate energy. That's no a, I was going to say, that's some Proud Boy shit right there. <laughs> no, no, no. If you actually get off, that means you're stuck with the Proud Boy. Ocelot forever. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yikes. Hey, remember how that guy decided that sexual harassment doesn't work if it's a dude? That's cool. When did that happen? (laughs) In the new Death Stranding trailer, if you start looking at Redis's dick, he punches the camera. Ah, fun. Yeah. Funny how that didn't happen for Quiet. Yeah, no. Just saying. Anyway, uh, seeing the Ineon return, the Buff Clan all realize Gijay has lost and they are hopelessly outclassed, so they flee. And we end the episode on Best doing a sitcom moment by just cutting the comms to a genocide-happy Kasha. Yeah, so he's he's fully buying into this samurai honor stuff. It's It's really absurd. It is. It is. He is one of the only surviving military officers on the ship, so he gets to pull rank. This is true. He finally got a sword to start his collection. It's true. He is, he is a sword guy now. Oh, no, no, he had a laser sword in the first episode. Remember when he jumped and, like, sliced yeah, that dude in the walker Yeah, he was cutting up off? the little walkers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was his sword. GJ didn't give him one. Now he has two. Sure he fucking threw it on the ground and said, "Here you go." And then Bess picked it up and used well, no, it. But now no, he, has... he used his own. Uh, oh. Gijay had to grab his. He has two swords now. Is is the the takeaway here? He is officially What's the a sword faced version of a reply guy. Uh, stab guy. Okay. I don't know. Mm, we'll workshop it. It's a repost guy, Fletcher. Oh, that's Fuck, a better joke. That's so good. That's a better <laughs> joke. Yeah. Touche. Fuck off. That's <laughs> God damn it. I think that is it for this block of episodes. Does anyone have anything else they want to go with? No, man, I think we're think we're good on this. Uh episodes what? 9 through 13 next? Uh 12 unless you want to 12. go more. Oh, 12. Oh, 12. 12 is fine. All right, the next time we are going to meet Commander Harulu and see just how bad sibling rivalry gets in the Buff Clan. Until then, uh, you can find us at goatseefun.me if you would like to give donations to the Pitch Drop Network of Shows and their amazing catalog. I'm not on all of them, but Chris and or Matt will fill in for me on any show that I'm not. And, in fact, there is a new season of Lightning Strikes Thrice going up right now involving Final Fantasy XV, which secretly is Final Fantasy Versus XIII, so we're still stuck under the thirteen curse. And that's what I call it until the last episode. Yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Noise. It's the official podcast of the Resistance, Roger. Yes, it is. All right. Lightning Strikes Thrice, the official podcast of the Resistance. We have to defend the Emilio. Did I tell you about the fact that I am in trouble with Garrett because I referred to the new female common writer as common writer Hillary? Well, you have now. Yeah, I, I think I had to cut that out of the actual episode, but <laughs> not on this show. See, you get to edit this one. It's great. I do. Actually, uh, I get to edit that other one, too. He pays me, too. I'm going to describe this incredibly good meme posted in the Seattle DSA Slack. Okay. Uh, it says, conservatives, and it's a screenshot of the dead Ke- of Spotify playing the dead Kennedys kill the poor. And then it says, Democrats, dead Kennedys kill the poor. Brackets, clean. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty <laughs> excellent, pretty actually. Uh, uh, well, well... <laughs> 
Well, also, Pocono Stop, Magmar Socks, other podcast, being Jim Davis. You're listening to Pocono Stop, you dick. The other Pocono Stop, the uh, the one for uh, where we're doing JoJo's. I don't know how I forgot about the Pillar Men. <laughs> the Pillar Men are... Boy, that's wow. a <laughs> very surprised I, I was like oh i forgot that the second villain is just majin boo holy shit gaze in my jojo no kidding what a shocker no the the shocker is when you find out you've been peeping on your mom just harp, Ooh, harp no. sound effect just the back in time harp mark saying jojo's is a little gay harp back in time <laughs> <laughs> when when did that happen <laughs> Marks did not expect that JoJo's would be flamingly homosexual. <laughs> oh man, I meant I said Mark and not Marks, but that's way better. Yep. Uh anyway. He's the means of vampire reproduction. Oh, someone definitely grabs a vampire's balls. Oh yeah. And with that, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Have a good one, and remember. Out there among the stars is a buff earth much like our own. Hot.